Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rodcast. My name is Monty, Monty Plummer, for those who don't know, and I'm here with my dad, Rod Plummer. And today, we thought we'd take a little trip down memory lane. You see, we've just recently celebrated 21 years in Japan, 21 years of Lifehouse Church. And so today, I thought, you know, we'd have a, a father and son chat about the journey, about the whole story, how it began and how it's going. And so, yeah, Pastor Rod, I'd like to ask, why Japan? What, <laughs> what, what set us on this journey to begin? Yeah. Well, you were only nine years old when we came here, eh? So <laughs> yeah. it, it really is our story and how you're, you're part of it, uh, you and Richie. So um, yeah, 21 years ago, we were well, 22 years ago. We were, we were happily pastoring in Toowoomba, Australia. Beautiful city, beautiful place, great church. And uh, my wife Viv had this crazy uh, awake vision of a big wave, and she described it as the tsunami wave. Um, it was just she saw it. It was a wave coming towards her, and she um, she knew it was a spiritual wave from God, and it wasn't a natural tsunami. Um, and she called out, what is it? And God said, from within the wave, it's me. Don't be afraid. And in her vision, the wave hit her with the power of love and grace. And she knew it was a spiritual experience. And although Viv was always very prophetic and aware and loved journaling, loved the word of God and everything, she, she was actually impacted by this vision. And she described it as a tsunami vision. And uh, not long after that, I was sort of almost jokingly asked, why don't you go to Japan and help some people there? And uh, uh, when I said that to Viv, she said, well, why doesn't that person go there? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as she said that, the Holy Spirit spoke to her and said, well, you, you won't go probably because someone asked you, but what if I asked you to go? Mm-hmm. And she said, well, Lord, if you ask me to go and you show me, I, I'll go. But of course, we you know, talked to Rod about it. So I, I came back and she said, let's talk about that vision. And Japan because tsunami is a Japanese word and I said yes it is and she said yes it is and so we that's the only clue we really had that this actually was about Japan is because tsunami so anyway we came to Japan on a holiday you was you stayed with grandma um, <laughs> you and little rich who was four and um, at the time you were nine and we came to Japan had an amazing time but we realized that although the Japanese were beautiful and lovely people um, they'd never heard about Jesus. You know, you'd ask someone, have you heard of Jesus? No, who is that? You know, is he, is he American? You know, is he a movie star? No, no, no. Have you, so they hadn't heard of Jesus and no understanding of never seen a Bible and all that sort of thing. And so it really jolted us that God had given us a vision with the Japanese word. And then we found the Japanese have never heard the gospel. So we, wow. we prayed some more and we both decided together this was a God word. This is something we have to do. We're going to move our family from Toowoomba to Japan. So the answer to your question is why is because of a vision, a God, a godly vision. And we'll say to everybody that God gives visions and dreams today. Yeah, God speaks in dreams and visions. He's, he, he gives some direction. Of course, it's got to be backed up by the word of God and by godly counsel. But that's how we came. It was uh, in response, obedience to a vision from God. And I think it's Acts 26, Paul says, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. And so we felt that was a word for us. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, I I do remember that time when uh, we were in our house in Toowoomba 
And you and mom came and sat us down and we're like, we got some big news. And we're like, what is it? So we're moving to Japan. <laughs> My nine-year-old brain was like, what? <laughs> I couldn't really comprehend what that even meant. And one thing I was worried about when I first heard that was they're going to find some candy that I hid under the bed when we moved <laughs> to bed. <laughs> so, but, yeah. So moving across the world wasn't as big as finding candy under your bed. Under yeah, your bed. I was more worried about getting in trouble about the candy than moving across the ocean. <laughs> and did you get in trouble when Viv found the candy? I don't know. I think I, uh, think I threw it away. Okay. <laughs> I don't know uh, if I actually got in trouble for that one. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big deal. It was a big deal. But yeah, I do remember uh, mm. coming to Japan and yeah. I think a lot of our furniture was on the ship and it didn't arrive for quite some time. Mm -hmm. So I remember we got to Japan, we got to the house and we didn't have any furniture. We didn't have anything really. We just had a yeah. few suitcases of clothes yeah and uh yeah so that those first i guess the first year especially was really tough and there's been other years that have been tough as well but that first year especially was really tough yeah. so how like how did you guys keep going like how did you guys mm. what kept you here in japan well, we came across with um, 10 young Australians on a like gap year from university or high school, just, just great young people. All 10 were from my friends' churches, or most of them, I think, and they were good people. They were really committed to the mission of reaching Japan. Not one of them had been involved in leadership, but everyone was a disciple. So the first thing I'll say is we actually had a good team with us, and I think without that, we would not have survived. So there was something there of strategy that was very important. We needed to have a young team to go out and meet Japanese and they had a great heart. But the other way we survived was that vision. We kept, you know, Viv and I had, as we had hard times, I would say to her or she would say to me, but what did God say? God said he's going to move in Japan like a tsunami. So that that wave became a, a faith statement in our lives. And this young team and, and the word, we just kept getting up and going again and going again and meeting people. Um, but we really should not have survived. You know, we came across here with, with some support from some friends' churches, but not much for the mission. And at that time, Japan was, you know, way ahead of Australia with, the, you know, the economy and the finance and everything. It was very hard to arrive in Japan and not have much money. And our young team didn't have almost any money. In fact, a lot of them didn't have visas or money. And I just... I, you just got to look back there and say, we should not have survived. We should have lasted three months and gone home. <laughs> and uh, if any of the, the 10 young Australians, if, if one of them had said, I'm going back and, and gone, I think just about 10 would have gone back. So it was very wow. on the edge. It was like we're holding on by our fingertips, which I think Aussies do really well, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we're sort of we're holding on by the fingertips, but we're, we're, we're holding on and, um, we did hold on until we started to become, you know, fruitful. But looking back, we should not have survived. It should have been a short-term failed mission. Um, but God was there. Just God was there all the time and that vision of the wave and what did God say? And we had scriptures and we, we also had this Wednesday night uh, encouragement meeting with us 
I don't know if you even remember that, but you're probably sitting in the corner playing with uh, Lego or something. But uh, <laughs> uh, Viv and I and um, a middle-aged couple that really helped us a lot, uh, Junior and Kimia, really helped us a lot with getting established and legals and translating. Um, but we had no young Japanese on the team at all. We had not one. And so when we had this encouragement meeting, uh, on a Wednesday night, it was just trying to share good news to stay in Japan. And right. um, we ran there, went around the group and it, it was a ridiculous meeting because there was no good news. But I said, we've got to have good news. So, you know, one person said, you know, I, I almost went back to Australia, but I didn't. Yay. And everyone's clapping and cheering this. Well, what's the good news? <laughs> you know? yeah. Next person, I got on a train and thought I could keep going on this train and end up at Narita Airport and go home, but I didn't. Yay. And the next person said, um, I almost got a job, but I didn't get the job, but I almost got the job. Yay. So this is ridiculous. It's the, the meeting of the ridiculous. But it actually made us laugh at ourselves and laugh at our problems. And then finally, we, we started to get real good news. But that ridiculous, ridiculously bad news, good news meeting um, created faith in us, actually, as a, as a group. It actually created and joy. We're laughing at ourselves. We're laughing at our predicament. It actually created a foundation of joy in the team and a joy of well, we're going to keep going and God said. And I think that was a key point in us staying as well. Wow. Yeah, so cool how joy plays a big factor into remedying negativity, negativity in the mind or just in the situation or whatever it is. And I guess that's always been a big part of our church. It's called Life House. And the fact that uh, many people, when they come to church, they seem to pick up on the fact that we are a very happy, joyful church. So do you reckon that that joy was birthed in those those hard moments and it just allowed us to thrive since then? I do, actually. I really do put it down to this very hard start and our response to it over months. That ridiculousness was part of what we do and fun and laughing. And um, and then when we went on the streets, we sort of carried that joy. Hello, everyone. And right. we went to campuses and met our friends. And um, we started our service, church service three and a half months later. And we started it with fun and joy and things went wrong and we laughed. Absolutely feel it was a cornerstone of our success. And the other thing is that, as you said, Lifehouse is the name of our church. A lot of people come from um, sad lives. And so we had to give them an expression of Jesus Christ as a joyful God, as a happy God. And, um, and we did that. I think, I think we've done it for 21 years. This, yeah. this whole, it's almost silly at times, although we're not laughing at God, we're laughing at ourselves and, and laughing at our situation and, and, and how God can help us. So... I just need to clarify that we're not laughing at God. We're laughing with God and, and getting the joy of the Lord in our situation. Mm. And I, I do. I really feel it's a, a huge part of our success from the very beginning. Yeah. What a prophetic name for the church to call it Life House because yeah. that's what it really feels like. That's what it's always felt like even when it was small to even now 21 years later to any campus that you go to. It really feels like a house of life, a house of just joy and enjoying God, enjoying each other. And so that's great. And to your guys' credit as well, 
when I think we were kids in Japan, we didn't actually realize how hard, how difficult it actually, like the situation actually was. And so I think that's to your guys' credit in, in the fact of you guys were great parents at the same time going through hard moments, going through hard times that you wouldn't show that to the kids, you wouldn't burden us with those hardships. And so I'm grateful for that. And I think that was a great way to, to lead by example. And so after that first hard year, I guess we started seeing some Japanese people coming to church and getting saved. So what was that like for you? Because you yeah. came, you saw the young Japanese, we came for the young Japanese, and then to see one get saved or two get saved, what was that experience like for you? Well, the first person to get saved is, is Yuya, who uh, you know, um, and he's been in our church now for 21 years because he was the first uh, person to say, I want to follow Jesus. And he came in as a young uni student, very clever in a mathematics university or science university. And um, he said, I, I haven't come here for religion. I've come here for English. And we always say, welcome. You know? um, and then he, he came regularly and then he, he saw our little band and he thought, you know, I'd, I'd like to be in the band. Um, so he's not yet a believer, but he comes and says, could I play the drums? And we had a few musicians, not many, but we had a very good drummer. A guy called, we called Jono, a, an Aussie English teacher in Japan. He's a very good drummer. So I said to Yuya, I'm sorry, we actually have a drummer, but we don't have a bass player. Can you play the bass? Because drums and bass are the same, right? No. <laughs> that was my stupid question. And his answer was, no, I can't play bass, but next Sunday I can. <laughs> and that's a very Japanese uh, way of thinking. Um, and so he asked for the sheet music we're going to do, use next week and, and the, the worship music, and he took it home. And he, he arrives next Sunday early with a brand-new bass in a, in a, in a, on his back, like a, in a container on his back, in a bag. And he's, he brings out the sheet music, he sits down and he tunes up his bass and he's learned every song. Well, I think we did four songs that day. He learned all four. He learned how to play the bass. He's brilliant. It's a brilliant guy, but that's crazy. What? Hey, that's like, what? And I'm, I'm sure he wasn't 100%, but he was pretty good. And so he joined <laughs> our band. And then um, I don't know how many months later, maybe one or two months after that, we had a beach camp with our team and a few friends and he was there. And we're just having fun again on the beach and swimming. And he, he comes up about lunchtime and says, Pastor Rod, I think I would like to receive Jesus right now. And so we called the team in and prayed for him. And our team were all crying. And, <laughs> and, 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 and then we baptized him the same day because we had, had actually done a baptism study with him. He was getting closer. Mm. And uh, so we baptized him in the water. But our team was impacted by that one, the first one. And they wow. said, if it was for this one, we would have come to Japan. And I think that sums up uh, the next stage of how we survived and then thrived mm. is everyone that came to Jesus was sincere. And uh, we saw a tremendous lot of people getting saved and baptized and mm. Japanese people. And um, But the impact of seeing, and we were told when we first came to Japan that Japanese are not, not interested in God and it takes 10 years to see someone saved and all this stuff that we never believed because we believed in the wave, right? We believed in the, the vision of the wave. Yeah. Uh, but when it actually happened, it was a catharsis. It was a release. It was a, wow, 
And so everyone, we people, we just really honor them and love them. And it, it, it it's restoring when we're seeing people in this culture of Japan saying, I would like to know Jesus and really filled with joy. And, and, and you, you went on to become um, a young manager at Sony and um, married three kids now. And it's just so exciting to think, you know, we, we came for that. And yeah. we also came for foreigners living in Japan too. And we've seen a lot of those either loving Jesus or coming back to Jesus. And it's been a great joy. Yeah. I love that, that even today, 21 years later, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> my head got something in my throat. So even today, 21 years later, you still talk about the ones and twos in all of our campuses, even in Tokyo, we still talk about the ones and twos, how we celebrate the ones and twos. Mm. And in the Bible, it talks about how all of heaven rejoices over one lost person coming back. And so, yeah, I've loved seeing that and carrying that in our churches. Mm. And I think it's so necessary for all of us in every campus to be able to celebrate the ones, to celebrate the ones or the twos, the people that come in, get saved, life is changed. And then, you know, we have now the hindsight to see how that impacts them, how they get married, have mm. kids, get promoted, yeah. like all areas of their life go mm. up. Mm. And so that's been such a blessing to witness as well for, for myself, but I know for you as well. Um, so when you guys first came, what, looking back, what would you have done differently than you did this first time to uh, maybe offset yeah. some of those challenges? You know, it's, it's a great question. And I, I don't know if we could have done anything different. I don't think it was a matter of what would I have done different. I don't think we could have done anything different. We had mm -hmm. to survive. Yes. And we had to take care of our team and we had to make it financially work. And everything was difficult. And I don't think we did. I don't think I could do many things. We had to learn lessons. We had to learn failure mm -hmm. lessons as well. Like it just... Um, one thing we did right was we also put a little team in a friend's church, Talo's church, Talo Sataraka from Hawaii. He has a church here called New Hope that we love. We placed our church there and I think we learnt in those first few months from him years of lessons that saved us. I think that's what we did right again. So right. I think we did a lot of things right. We, we, we got ourselves to the right people, right fellowship. I just don't think we could have done that much different. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's, it, I've thought about it many times. I don't know. Have you got any thoughts on that? You, have, you were young, but from your uh, generation, is there anything? I don't know. I don't know. I do think, uh, I guess, maybe being more financially stable <laughs> might have helped. But I know that you had gone around and asked for finance, and yeah. the finance that was promised never came. So... In a way, I feel like all the things that you were supposed to do, you did, but then just the fact is life is hard and unpredictable. And yeah. what do you do when life is hard and unpredictable, right? Yeah. <laughs> Stick yeah, to the we, Yeah, we survived and then we thrived. I think, I know that's an old <clears throat> saying, but I think it's true. I think you have yeah. to survive and then you have to thrive. And um, But even hard times and, and then seeing people say that really impacted you as a, as a well, now maybe moving on from nine-year-old that you, mm. you, you've said how that impacted you because you didn't want to be here in Japan at the beginning, right? There was, there was that issue. That's and then what, what changed 
as a young boy? Yeah, you're right. At first, uh, I was not a fan of this whole let's move to Japan business. <laughs> but I don't know. I just think over time, growing up in Japan just grows on you. Like the country, the culture, the people, it just grows on you. And so that happened to me. It grew on me. And uh, yeah, end of high school, when I was 18, I had a real experience with God.、Mm. And I had already come to love Japan by that point. Already by the time I, early teens, I would say, I was like, yeah, I love Japan. I love this country. I love where I live. I love what we do. But yeah, when I was about 18, that's when I really had a personal encounter that changed my life, where I decided that I want to use my life in the same way that. I would be able to make an impact with whatever I have, whatever gifts or talents or passions, whatever I have. I said to God, I want to, I want to use it for you. I want to use this to help build your kingdom.、Mm. And so that mentality, that heart has stuck with me all this time. That's, that's been kind of one of my experiences that helped me keep the vision in mind always is that I'm here on a mission. And I think being on mission is something I learned from you guys, watching you guys be on mission your whole life, basically. So, how rewarding has being on mission on? Because we talked about some of the hardships and、mm. getting through that, but let's talk about the reward of being on mission. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think you know, we had our 21st anniversary two weeks ago here in, in Tokyo, and、yeah. the amount of people came up and just said thanks to Viv and I. Japanese people,、mm. especially, or、uh, well, actually, not just Japanese, a lot of foreigners who stayed here long term. Just, and we didn't ask for thanks. Just so many people came up and said, Thank you for coming. If you hadn't have come, we wouldn't have got married, wouldn't have met, got, got married, wouldn't have our beautiful children. Thank you for coming. It's sort of like a, a weird moment, you know, like a, a weird movie moment of sliding doors or something like, What if you hadn't come? And, <laughs> but, I, but I think that's the reward. Yeah. Is seeing so many lives changed and、um, so many people thankful. So many, I mean, it's all God, but we were here. And、um, I think that's what's, what's kept us really healthy.、Mm. And, and the ones and the twos that you mentioned is just the ones and twos people getting saved or coming back to Jesus or getting blessed or healed or relationships or weddings. The concept、mm. of the ones and the twos is it doesn't always have to be big, it can be very small. But people's lives are changed, but you. You recuperate or you get stronger by just saying, God, thank you that we were part of this. I just think there's something very healthy about staying thankful、um, and seeing people saved and、um, healed. Blessed. It, I've said that. But really, I do think we need to reflect. And the parable that you mentioned in, in Luke 15, where the sheep goes missing and he finds his lost sheep. The parable of the lost sheep comes back and he says to his neighbors, Rejoice with me. I found my lost sheep.、Uh, I think that's the, the concept that we've kept healthy is rejoicing that people have come, people have come back. People are, even on last Sunday, I, in one of our campuses, a young American man, a professional, came to me and after preaching with tears in his eyes, he said, I want to follow Jesus again. Help me follow Jesus again. I just, it just, thank you, God. You know, I just think we need to reflect on the, These very important things、yeah. that happen in very, you know, the ones and the twos, the people. And I say to my pastors all the time, just just reflect on that, and you'll, I think you'll stay pretty healthy. Yeah. 
And I do think that we have a very healthy church, yeah. very healthy leadership team. That's not to take away from the fact that there are challenges, yeah. but I do think the way that you guys have forged your journey and your path following God personally and as a leader and as a father, you know, has inspired many to also aspire to be like that in the same way that we would carry that same heart of joy and, you know, thankfulness. I think those things really do make yeah. up a lot of our church and our church culture. And so 21 years has been such a journey. Uh, we've grown a lot over those years in a country where people said it was impossible, in a country where people told you that it's the, the missionary's graveyard, all of this nonsense. And everything that we've done, I think, flies in the face of those comments. But I always love the fact that you guys have always kept humble in that the vision was God said he is going to move in Japan. Do you want to be a part of it? Mm. And so it's not because of us or because of these tips and tricks that we've learned along the way. Those are great. But it truly is a move of God, I feel like, that God's spirit is moving in this country, in this land, and in other countries uh, that we are also involved in. Um, but yeah, do you want to speak to that aspect of our part and God's part in this journey? Yeah, well, in, in Luke chapter 10, verse 2, you know, Jesus really says, you know, pray, pray the Lord of the harvest would send out laborers. There's a lot of people out there that want to hear about Jesus. It's yeah. not just Japan, it's a lot of countries like, you know, we used to live in Thailand and we, we love the world. And, and, and so the question is, why hasn't the world been reached? 42% of the world has not heard about Jesus. That's 3.5 billion people. That's so God has, you know, God has a desire to reach the world. It says that really clearly. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That's Luke, uh, sorry, John 3.16. Why hasn't it happened? Don't know. But here in Japan, we've been fruitful. We've seen a lot of people coming, but there's not many people here um, mm -hmm. doing doing what we're doing. We'd say, come and help us. Come and help Thailand. Come and help countries. Come and because people are open and people are ready. But God wants us to partner with Him in this program of uh, world world reaching. In Matthew twenty eight, I know you love this scripture where Jesus says, "Go into all the world and." Um, you know, preach the gospel, baptizing them, teaching them to obey. And I'm with you in this task to the end of the age. And, you know, go and make disciples, go and make disciples. So I think there's a call, a lot, a end of the end of time call again to go and obey God to reach nations or give towards reaching nations. It's, it's just always been the problem. Jesus, Jesus said, you know, pray for workers for this very open harvest field. And I would say that's where we're at now. So it's God, God's will, God's power, God's anointing, God's calling, and then we have to partner with him to see amazing things happen in the world. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah, I love that. And for all the, the, the lives we've reached, the people that we've seen touched, all of that, it's just like there's still so much more to be done yeah. in Japan. This, we still, we, I don't even know, like, if the percentage of Japanese Christians has increased or decreased in our time being here, but it's really a drop in the, in the bucket, you know, just of yeah. the need 
the need for people to hear in this country alone, in the cities that we're in alone with millions and millions of people, we just need more workers, don't we? Yeah, we do. And so, yeah. It, it, it is true. Um, in the 21 years we've been here, um, the Christian population of Japan has gone backwards. It's because mm. there's so many old old Christians who, right. um, they, you know, there's no hate on that. that there's, there's beautiful older people, but they're passing away. And um, there's a saying that there's more Japanese Christians in heaven than, on, than in Japan right now. Wow. In history. And I just think we've got to reverse that. Yeah. Um, we just have to revert. We've got to have more people, more, more church planters, more. This is called the, Japan is the um, largest unreached open access people group in the world. That's a lot of, lot of words there. <laughs> it means of any single homogeneous unit of people in the world. Uh, there's only one ahead of Japan. It's Bangladesh, but it's sort of, it's hard to get in there. Japan's open. You can preach anywhere, share anywhere. And it's, it's unreached. So it's like this. It's like if you're a surfer and there's this, this beach with incredible waves, but no one's going there, you know, like, why don't you go to that beach? It's got the best waves. I think that's like Japan. Come on over, you know, yeah. come, come and help. So, yes, the actual percentage of Christians in Japan is going backwards simply through attrition of old age. Mm. And that's why we've got to come in and reach new people. And I don't know why. People, I, I actually thought when we were, we were called by God to come here, I thought it was going to be like a gold rush, like, we're going to find all these other people here. Yeah, but us too, us too. We're here to win Japan. And it has not been that way. There's been very few other churches planted in 21 years. There's a few groups coming from US or Singapore, but there's not many. And um, we, we, we really want more. Come on over. Uh, come, yeah. come and give to releasing more people into God's harvest field. We can all play a part in praying, giving, or going. That's the old old missions call. You can either, well, let's do it all. Pray, give, and go. And uh, we're calling people to be part of that with us. So what would you say to anyone who's listening and they're thinking about Japan or there's something about Japan that they can't shake? What would you say to that person that might be on the fence about pulling the trigger of, all right, I'm just going to go. I'm going to go in faith. I'm going to see yeah. what happens. I'm going to leave everything comfortable behind, you know? I think they've got to get here. Um, mm. you know, men especially have to see and feel. Um, women are very, very intuitive and amazing, but men, oh, do you, they need to see it and feel it. Put your feet <laughs> on the ground, come for a holiday like we did, come into a great church and experience it, be part of a mission group that's part of Japan, go mm. online and have a look at our stuff or other people's stuff. Or if you want to be an intern, on our page, lifehouse.com, mylifehouse.com, there is a page on interested in um, you know, a visit or an internship. There's a process, uh, but people have got to be proactive. And we've got short, short-term interns and long-term interns, and there's other groups. There's, we're, we're you know, charismatic churches. There are other you know, great Baptist church here, and there's other you know, great churches. So there's churches here that are like you, if you're watching. And uh, be part of your mission, your church mission, to a church mission, church to church. We believe in church to church missions. Let me say that. Because a lot of people in Asia come and do things for a season and they go home and the thing collapses because it wasn't attached to a local church. And I think that's not great strategy. Great hearts, great zeal, not good strategy. So the right strategy is 
Involve, invest in a local church, build into a local church, and when you leave, the local church carries on the fruitfulness. Hmm. So this is a bit of mission strategy here. But you're asking how do people get involved? I would say involved in strategic missions. You've got to be part of local church or a movement that's doing something significant. And um, be proactive. It may not be Japan. It might be Thailand or Indonesia or wherever it is, Africa. Um, but invest. Be proactive. Get involved. Start investing. Start searching. Start praying. And I think God will lead you towards a very fruitful future in missions. Hmm. I guess then another question would be people that might feel it might not be Japan, like you're saying, it could be missions in general, it could be a different country in the world from where they currently live. What is it that you think that holds people back from taking that step, from taking the plunge? And is there any way to overcome those, uh, those things that hold people back? I think there's a few reasons, and I don't want to be cynical on this, but one is definitely the lifestyle they've got is is better. Mm. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm a surfer, old surfer. I think living on a beach would be my preferable life, but I'm here on mission because I believe in eternity. I believe in God is getting us ready for a great time in heaven where I can surf and do all that stuff. I think the concept of going to a lesser place is, is big. And so people say, well, I've got my football and I've got my barbecue and I've got my family. And I think that is the biggest one. I do. I really feel there is that. And I actually think there's such a pull. Um, and it's not, a, none of that's bad. You know, these are all good things that, that God has for us. But Jesus said, you know, do you love me more than these? And um, that's the question. I think the other thing is, is financially coming. And so therefore there needs to be a financial plan um, with your local church or a mission, working out how to do that. We've got a young couple here with us from uh, Texas, and I spoke to them this time last year, September last year, and um, we met them, and uh, they went back to the local church, and they got raised money and were among friends and family, and they sold things, and they, they came to Japan within three months. I've never seen that before, maybe except for what we did. Um, just the commitment and the likability factor of that couple is very high. So they they went and told their friends and family, and, 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 and but they made a plan and they came and they're here. And I think that's what people have to do, be proactive. Mm. So I think the, the two areas there were the, the, the comfort of the current life and the challenge of finance would be the right. two challenges. Yeah. And it sounds as well like you kind of need also, in order to overcome those obstacles, you need the calling. You need the, the word, the God yeah. word. And then I guess you just need the, the proactivity or the guts to follow through on that God word. So for you guys, that, that meant, like you said, uh, leaving behind certain things. Have you ever regretted hmm. having to leave behind anything for the calling of God? Oh, there's little regrets here and there, but no big regrets. We, Viv and yeah. I, even as pastors, we, we said to each other, we, li we need to live a life of no regrets. So if we make a decision, we know the sacrifice, we, we just discuss it, pray through it, and make the decision and no regrets. So we've, we just have that as a, as, as a life. And I, I don't think we have any major regrets. Isn't that interesting? I, I think we, I love that. Yeah. We, we dealt with that. Mm. Um, and I just think, live the life you have, you know, like, like live well. Yeah. Uh, you can't change things. 
But I do believe, yes, the, the calling of God is very high, very high level in our lives. And as I said before, I believe we're living for eternity. Mm. I believe that we'll, you know, we'll, we'll know each other in heaven and have a great time of storytelling. Still yeah. tor- tell stories of your life in Australia, Japan, India. Tell, come, I think heaven is going to have a big storytelling component. That's I love stories. So do you. And yeah. a lot of them. I know you like superhero movies. Well, in heaven, there's going to be a lot of superheroes for Jesus, oh, yeah. you know. And <laughs> uh, uh, you know, when, when Jesus said the little lady that gave one penny gave more than the rest, I want to I want to interview her and say, what did you what did you sacrifice? Like like we're going to hear stories and. I'm serious. I think heaven is going to be full of stories and I want to have our stories. And, and that's mm. no regret in that. Like living for eternity is the best way to live without regrets. Mm. I really, really call people to seek the Lord. Just on calling, though, we do find some people come to Japan without a calling, put their feet on the ground, experience Japanese people and get a calling. So there is that. It's what, you know, when God said to, um, was it Abraham? I forget all. It was definitely um, Joshua. Everywhere you step, uh, I'll give you that land. So there right. is something about feeling, seeing, experiencing people is part of calling as well. Yeah. And that's great because every hero or superhero in the Bible, their story generally begins with a calling and then them taking a step of faith towards that calling. Yeah. And it's funny how that, that formula, if you will, uh, exists to this day that that's that's how God operates mm. and not to take away from the fact that there is sacrifice but you know that's what Jesus said you know take up your cross and follow me mm. and uh, I also really enjoyed that quote from was it Francis Xavier one of the early missionaries to Japan 500 years ago yeah and he said what did he say maybe you can say it better than me he said he wrote a letter to Europe because he realized the Japanese were so open. He wrote a letter to all the young Je- Jesuit students in Europe saying, um, give up your small ambitions and come and change the world. Come over mm-hmm. to Japan. You know, so, yeah. Yeah. That's that line is so hard. That goes so hard. I love that line. Yeah. <laughs> and so with that being said, let's just finish with this final thought on we've we've celebrated 21 years. So what are you looking forward to? in the future? What does the next yeah. 21 years look like for you? What do you want to see? Well, I'm about to turn 64. Viv and I have still got some great years of vision, and but we must have a good succession. We must pass mm. on to another generation, your generation, in a way that's the best possible thing. <laughs> um, but in that, because I've got many years, I want to multiply the next generation. I want to be a trainer multiplier of what we've done into Lifehouse and other movements. And we're currently doing a collaboration church plant with other churches in other countries. And the kingdom is going to, you know, we're, we're, we're kingdom people. I want to help multiply um, wherever I go, challenging young people to come and change the world, give up your small ambitions and come and change the world. And um, I have, I've had, had a great opportunity in America these last few years to speak into Bible schools and churches and I just feel that's that's a big part of the future. And then succession, passing over well so that whatever we've built stands. And I think even now, what whatever we built is gonna stand. Like the 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 the, 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 the nail is in the ground or the whatever metaphor you wanna use, yeah. the stake is in the ground. Yeah. 
and there's skin in the ground here among Japanese leaders, and we've got them, and your, some of your best friends and our best people are Japanese as well as foreigners, and the stake is in the ground. So that's already been done, but we need to do this really well because a lot of succession stories are not the best. And I think we can learn actually from the world a little bit on how to do long-term succession. And uh, so that's a bit of a strange answer, but I think at my age, we have to think about the next generation. In fact, there's a scripture in right at the end of Hebrews 11, which is the the, the heroes chapter of, of the Bible, that all these people did great things for God. And there's a, a scripture right at the end that says we even the dream we had was beyond our own generation. It was for another generation. And I feel that the, the, the vision of the wave was for us, but it's for you and other generations to build on. And so that's what's left for us is to build into that. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah, so exciting. And you guys have always given chances to next generation people who maybe were not ready or maybe were not qualified. Or But taking so many risks and so many chances we see so many incredible young leaders rise up and i am one of those people that was you yeah. know given a chance yeah. when yeah. maybe i didn't deserve it <laughs> yeah but again but, you're not there because you're my son you're there because of your calling and gifting and we mm. we've always been very clear on that that um yeah the next generation's got to be well set yeah and I think, like you said, you guys have done such a fantastic job of setting that foundation, of putting that that those big building blocks on the ground, and uh, giving a you know a leg up for the next generation, my generation, and the generations after me, uh, to be able to stand on your guys' shoulders, so that we can reach you know new heights in this uh, incredible journey that we're on here in Japan and the other places that we're involved with. Yeah. So. Any other last thoughts from you just talking about Celebration 21 years? Uh, it's been great. You know, we, we, we love you, we love our kids, we love the church, we love the people. Um, there's been ups and downs, in, in and outs, but overall we've seen God's faithful leading and God's faithful grace on our lives. And we're thankful. Mm. We want to finish thankful. We are thankful and go to heaven thankful. So. I would say to everyone, live for eternity. Live with your eye on eternity. This is, this is, this life will end. It's how we live well will determine the rewards of the next of the next life, which is in heaven with Jesus. So come on, come on up. <laughs> come on, I love that. Let's live well and finish thankful. What a great way to finish this podcast as well. And so, for anyone else that is more interested in hearing more stories and more great leadership teaching from Pastor Rod, make sure you check out the other episodes that we have on the Rodcast. And we'll see you all another time. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you enjoyed today's episode with Pastor Rod, why don't you subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to this? And we'll see you next time.